I'm Sarah. I'm Erica. And I'm Steve. So friends, we are wrapping up a series that we've been working through this summer on what it looks like to do self-care. We started off the series by talking about what kind of media we were intaking, whether that was books or watching something, uh, movies and television programs to help us just kind of zone out a little bit. Um, and then on this section of the series, we've been talking about what self-care looks like for us personally, whether it means joining groups or organizing a new home, um, just things that help us to relax in the midst of the chaos that has been 2022 and this summer. So Steve, what is helping you to relax and take some self-care in this crazy, crazy summer? Um. I will say this. Uh, I'm I'm not uh, good at self-care. I'm not an expert at it. And I would say there are times when I plan things that are going to be, I think, in that mode. There are times when just life routines force themselves into that. Like we talked about last time, sometimes it's seizing tranquility out of uh, mowing grass or washing dishes or things like that. Um, and then there are times when things I did not anticipate or things that were sort of beyond my control turn out to be good for my soul um, that I might not have chosen for myself, but find myself in, I guess. So maybe I should be honest about each of those. Like um, I have noticed in the course of this summer, having small projects um, that at the end of it, I can look and go, this thing got made or built or constructed or whatever feels good for mm-hmm. my soul. And we've kind of had conversations like this along the way in different different episodes over the years here, because so much of our work as pastors is invested in human beings that at the end of you know uh, working with somebody through a counseling time or a Sunday worship service, there's not a thing you've made that you can hold on to. It's that, look, I did this thing. And in some sense, the clock starts over again every Sunday afternoon. We're back to, okay, got to do this all over again next week. Um, and so much of our lives is go and show up when somebody's in the hospital or going through something and they won't look any different than they did when you walked into the room, that kind of thing. So um, a few weeks back, um, it was actually on, on uh, July the 4th. I spent my morning of July the 4th reclaiming a patch of our backyard that had been overtaken by weeds and has sometimes been our little flower garden and reclaimed it and uh, created space for herbs and sunflowers. And so the sage and the lavender that were at risk of being overwhelmed by thistle got uh, reclaimed and I was able to plant. It's late this year, but sunflowers that hopefully come fall will be blossoming still. Um, and at the end of that morning, even though, man, was I sweaty and smelly, um, it felt like that was good for me because it was, it, I, I could say this got done in the course of these hours. And um, it felt like like this little glimmer of being in touch with like that basic human made to garden to cultivate and to care for the creation kind of a moment, you know, that it was about reclaiming it from the weeds and the lack of care and breaking up the dirt and the smell of petrichor, all that. That was that was good. Or um, a week ago, as we're recording uh, at the one church where I serve, we had been talking about um, putting up a, a building a bench 
that uh, would be a place for folks to sit because this church is sometimes a spot for a school bus stop. And we thought, boy, it'd be nice if we had a spot we could in the future put up a little free library there. But so we, it took part of our morning, but we, uh, some of the guys from the property crew, we designed and built and installed this bench. I mean, digging, man, in this plot of ground, there had been a house here before and they just knocked the house into the foundation and the ground. So there's a lot of stone and concrete and things we had to get even just for put, putting a bench in. But it felt by the end, that was worth it. It was hot and sweaty but it was you know there's a sense of accomplishment there that was good and for me uh it it was good because it allowed them the rest of the day could be spent on you know making hospital visits and other programming kinds of things that aren't tangible but are a part of my work but it was nice to have those moments so that that's one for, for me when there are small projects like that that can be a day or a week or something like that and uh can knock them out in a certain amount of time that that helps me to be regrounded I love those and kind I of saw... projects for that reason. You know, there is something tangible that is there at the end. Yeah, yeah. My um, my grandfather, who married my grandma when I was a baby, so I guess step-grandpa, uh, one of his daughters was a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I only met her a couple, a handful of times as a kid growing up. Um, but I remember one of the times I was in middle school and she was visiting her dad when I was visiting my grandma and she was working on this beautiful, big cross stitch thing. She had Mm. brought it with her and it was absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. And she was trying to explain it to me and probably also my dad, who's probably also with me, um, about how she really needed that tangible finish that tangible thing that she worked on could see progress and could have a finished product because so much of her work was not that that was fluid that you couldn't see progress and change and you know as soon as you start getting change in one area something else would happen and like that change would kind of be undone and Mm -hmm. you'd have to start over again and you know 13 year old me did not understand at Mm -hmm. all Um, And I'm not entirely sure that my dad who, you know, that wasn't his type of work either fully grasped, but he might've, because he he does stained glass art. So like he clearly understands creative outlets, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, I think that's so true that it's so good to have a project that you can touch and feel and you can see the progress you've made. And when you're done, you're done. Yeah. There is no more working on it. It's done. Um, so in that way, like weeding for me, I don't think is ever considered something like that because the weeds just grow back. Right, right. Um, even as like the actual plants that you want to grow is also growing and thriving. Um, but the weeds just always come back. Yeah. it's it's interesting as I think about it that sometimes when you're making something it's about the future utility you're going to get out of it if it's something that you're going to if you know whether it's decorative or something that's functional sometimes though it's not even about I'll be the one to get to use this but the thought of this is worth doing well because someone's going to use it so like I remember when we were working on this bench here at the churchyard thinking to myself I'm probably not going to sit a lot on this bench because usually when I'm here I'm in the building or doing something but like future people or people who are, you know, tired or something like, like this is a, this is a moment for me to learn 
like in, in a, in a functional practical sense, sometimes it's worth doing a thing. Well, not because what utility I'll get out of it, but for whoever the stranger is who will sit on the bench. And that like, for me, this became a moment to practice like, Oh, that's sometimes what it looks like to love your neighbors. You don't have to have a face or a picture in mind of who's going to use it, but someone will use this and it's worth doing this. Well, as I, when I, I, I was sanding the, the edges of the, the uh, seat of this bench and thinking to myself, yeah, you don't want people to get splinters when they're sitting down. I'm thinking I'm unlikely to be the person who will be sitting and getting splinters here because I have an office where I, I, I have a chair that I could, oh, but somebody else. And to be thinking about other people that way. And it gave me this sense of that my self-care in doing the project is intimately connected with the other people who I haven't met or don't know who they are, who I hope will get value out of this object. So that, that was a, uh, a piece that I didn't go into that project thinking, oh, this will be good self-care for me, but it turned out to be something that was helpful in that regard too, I guess. I so oh, go I'm going to repeat back something that I think I heard just okay. to make sure that that's what I heard. So these projects that you went into both of the 4th of July meeting, reclaiming part of your garden and making this bench, you didn't plan them and you didn't think of them as self-care until you were done. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. In fact, I certainly didn't get up on the 4th of July thinking what I really want to do is pull out weeds in the garden. It was just like, well, we had the morning, there are things that need to be done. And um, mm-hmm. it was one of those, uh, my, my daughter and I, a couple of weeks back had bought this packet of sunflower seeds. Uh, and we said, and we'll plant them. And it occurred to me, I was running low on time. I was like, you know what, this is the day. Sometimes you got to plant seeds while you got them. Otherwise, flowers like that that take, you know, 75 days to bloom, it'll be pushing the end of uh, summer, beginning of fall by the time they're ready. Um, and yeah, it just sort of fell into place that way. So yeah, it was kind of unintentional, serendipitous self-care, I would say there. Um, but I, I know myself, well, like, and there are some things that are rhythms of my life, like mowing the grass that are frequent enough that I can, I don't, I don't tell myself, you know, what will be really good for my soul is to go mow some grass, but it's the grass seems to be mowed. You know what? That's fine. It's It'll turn out to be good. It's something that I need to do as well. That like it, it, it functions in that way for me. The other thing I, I feel like I should say, looking back, uh, I had mentioned in our last episode that a couple weeks back, my wife and I got to go on vacation and God love her. Um, we had not planned um, we, we had intentionally left a lot of our plans kind of fluid and flexible, which for me is really the, the ideal way to do a vacation. Like I, I get it when you go somewhere that has particular tourist attractions, you're supposed to go and see the thing, you know? So like, uh, if we go and my brother and his wife live outside of Washington, DC. And if we take a trip there at this point with our kids, the ages that they are, I feel like, boy, every time we go out there, we should see something museum you know something a, a monument or a museum something that that's washington dc don't waste a trip out there but um it felt kind of like on, on this trip we had this absolute freedom of well what do you want to do we don't have the agenda of having our days packed and um on our way up to our destination um my wife had done the thinking about hey we could stop at the detroit art museum on our way and we did and like i would not have been the one to 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 lobby for let's stop at art museum although art museums were one of my favorite things to do but i wasn't looking to detour us and she's yeah let's do that we've got the time it'll be kind of ish on our way um and it was so so good for me um 
I had probably said around the dinner table a month or so before I said, boy, I know we're going to have a couple of busy weekends coming up, but sometime when we're free, it'd be great to get to go to um, art museum again. And she remembered and it was, it was just lovely. Like it was just an afternoon and it wasn't even like, there was some famous work of art that I really wanted to get to see there. It's not like, you know, like I, I don't I had no idea what to even expect at the Detroit Institute of Art. Um, but it was fantastic just to be around so many expressions of beauty in so many different styles. Um, and uh, for me, like when I was, when I was a kid, we lived close enough to uh, downtown Cleveland that on some Sundays after church, we'd drive the extra half hour into the city and we would go to the Cleveland Art Museum, which in my recollection was free on Sunday afternoon. So for my parents, it was like a relatively cheap way to spend part of a Sunday afternoon. But like for me, that became one of the most helpful, relaxing rhythms of my childhood. And it was, it, it felt like that again, um, without being nostalgic. It wasn't like, oh, I have to go back and see the things I remember as a kid, because it was at a completely different place. But it was just really nice to have that kind of experience. And I guess um, that felt like that was renewing for my soul in a way that um, I, I don't know that I would have been able to put my finger on until getting there and going, oh, yeah, this is like what I needed. <laughs> And I think something really important, Steve, that that I'm hearing from what you've shared is the spontaneity of your self-care. Because sometimes I think we try to force self-care mm. and like we get too much of an, into a routine of things and like, well, this is what I do. This is what I do. And like, if I don't do it, then I'm not getting self-care. Yeah. And then it, it becomes almost work again. Yeah. To make sure that we're getting self-care in where... Sarah saying like, let's go to this art museum in Detroit and that, you know, you doing the bench or planting the flowers, they weren't necessarily scheduled things, but in the midst of that spontaneity, you found that self-care that you didn't, maybe you didn't realize you needed. Yeah. I, and I, I think for me, this may be um, one of the ways I've learned to function in, you named this really well in our last episode, I think, Erica, about how to be in ministry requires a certain learned tolerance for chaos. And it may not be how we're wired to function, but we have to learn how to deal with sometimes you can plan, here's how the day will go. And nope, it's not going to go this way. Somebody stops in and needs to talk or an emergency happens or sent to the hospital or something takes longer than you expected it to. Um, and the downside of that is sometimes when you plan, oh, I've got to get a lot done today and it doesn't get done, we get all, I, at least for me, I get all tangled up in knots when I expect to get more done in a day and there's a lot more lists at the end of the day. But that also means like I've had to learn to not pin my hopes of, I will feel so relaxed at the end of this thing because I need to feel like, nope, I should be prepared. There's going to be some days where uh, it may go exactly as planned and great. And there's going to be some days where the thing that is refreshing or good is not where I expected it to come from. And mm -hmm. uh, instead of fighting against that and insisting I have to have control over what will or will not be, you know, uh, replenish my soul, I, I have to learn um, for, for my sanity to be okay with sometimes the things, the things I think are going to be good for me 
uh, are not going to be as smooth and pleasant as I expect. And sometimes the things that I did not expect to be good turn out to be really good. I, I think parenting has done that to me too, because there's times that Sarah and I will think about um, doing an event that we think the kids are going to love. And sometimes it'll be great. And sometimes like they hate it 10 minutes in and we'll go, well, turns out that wasn't the one we thought it was going to be, but they'll have loved something else that we thought was going to be a miss. So I, like, there's a certain amount of, you got to keep throwing spaghetti against the wall and eventually something sticks. I find the idea of that spot that like that self-care just sometimes just happens. It, it challenges me because for me, I'm a, I'm a big planner. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say I plan out every hour of my day, but like beginning of the week, I have a fairly good idea of this is the stuff that has to get done this week. And this is what my week looks like. And this is when I'm going to try to do this and when I'm going to try to do that. And um, you know, of course, sometimes that doesn't always work. Something comes up and I have to then like shuffle things around and reprioritize and refigure out my week. And that's fine. Uh, but for me, and I think that this might just be because of where I am right now in my life, I have to be very intentional about things. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I get distracted by the wrong things. And I do, I prioritize prioritize the wrong things and then the things that I really need to get done don't happen Mm -hmm. so for me there's a lot of intentionality that has to go into especially self-care because otherwise it doesn't happen because I myself often then get pretty low on the priority list. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that has to be moved up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to be intentional about it. Otherwise, yeah. it doesn't happen. Um, so I struggle with the idea, just the idea of self-care can sometimes just happen and you realize it looking back. But then when I start thinking about it, it that is actually true a lot of the times. Like my, Like Russ and I, end our days almost every day with the question, what was your favorite thing that happened today? Um, And it's, it's a nice way for us to like pinpoint a good thing that happened that Mm -hmm. that day to us or that we observed with our kids or like whatever it is. And oftentimes that moment of my favorite thing that happened never was planned. Um, but it's a moment of joy. It's a moment that filled me in a way that I wasn't expecting. And, and so in that way, what you're pointing out, Steve, of like, oh, I didn't realize that what I needed most this moment was to clean out this section of my garden or to build a bench. But then I did, I did this thing and I found it to be fulfilling it. I found it to feed my soul in a way that I wasn't expecting. Um, and so like, I think that's a tension that's happening in my brain, right? This yeah. second of self-care being intentional versus, you know, spontaneous. Yeah. Well, let, let me add this because as I, as I hear you say that, like I, 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 I get that. And I, I, to be, to be fair or more complete, I think there are things that I build into my, if not daily, weekly life that are like hedging my bets for self-care. And I guess what I mean by that is sometimes it happens and it is 
pure, I didn't see this coming. Man, that was a really cool moment. That was great. Um, but I can't plan on those happening by their nature. And there are things that I put in my regular routine that are likely to create those pressure relief valves. And I guess like, so the kinds of things, and they're awful little because um, they need to be, but it'll be um, things like the structure for me. Um, writing at the end of the day is often like one of those like pressure relief because I'm not, I'm not terribly interested in um, a lot of heavy self editing and revising, just sort of like the the stuff I write for our uh, daily devotions of the church feels like it's a chance to sort of process stuff, even if it's not quite soup. And that's a pressure relief valve for me. And sometimes that just feels like I need to get it done because it's a commitment I made. And more often than not, though, I'll feel like, huh, that was really helpful for me to work through whatever it is I was thinking about or writing about or something like that. So I do it even if it isn't always fun or doesn't have one of those aha moments, but it's more likely to provide that for me. And on the flip side, I have in the last month or so, intentionally started following um, a couple of semi-professional or professional poets on Twitter um, who will like, just because of what their work is, will share poetry that they've written on, on Twitter and I assume on their other social media. And it's been really, really cool to get to, because uh, you never quite know what anybody's going to say and what they will, what will connect with you or not. But I found on a number of occasions in the last month or so, like, oh man, that was really cool. I didn't expect this particular poem because I didn't know it existed until this moment. But wow, that was really helpful for me. Or it was, it's uh, one of those things that uh, I find myself savoring and thinking, boy, I'm, I'm going to want to come back to that or save that or hold on to that. Um, and so it's not like I wake up going, okay, I. I guaranteed that there's going to be a poetic insight that is going to change my life, but it's like stacking the deck. It's going to increase the, the odds that something will be a helpful uh, piece for me in that regard. And, and I guess the last moment like that too is either at the beginning or the end of my day. Um, also, I'd, I'd say in the more structured part of my year is the school year part of the year when part of my rhythm is getting the kids ready for school in the summer when their schedule is a little less rigid in the mornings. It's easier for this to get sort of shunted off into other things but like often I'll steal a moment when the weather's nice enough to go have part of my morning coffee out on our uh back uh patio and even if it's just you know five minutes of watching the birds and listening like it, there's something that's good about that that feels like a pressure relief valve and then for me at the end of the days usually if I'm the last one to go to sleep which is most of the time in our household um it's like one of those chances of if if I'm not quite ready to give up on the day or I'm like needing some kind of relief valve. It's a chance either for reading or for watching something mindless or whatever that kind of does that same role of self-care as well. And so it's rarely that that's a moment for an epiphany or like a completely batteries all the way recharged, but it's, it's more like a pressure relief valve. And that kind of structure gives at least a little bit of that exhaling, you know, at the end or the beginning of the day. So I, I, I get it. And I guess those are things that I realize I do, uh, but I don't know that I have ever sat down and thought I need to do these things for self-care. It's more just become part of the rhythm of frequently something like that is what will punctuate the beginning or end of my day. Maybe as, as we're bringing this series to a close, as, as we've been talking about this and all the different forms that self-care has, has taken in our, these last several weeks, I've been thinking a lot about how the, command for Sabbath in the scriptures isn't first and foremost a religious duty, but it's about rest. It's about renewal. And that 
Jesus seems really clearly to understand that Sabbath is made for human flourishing and not as one more thing to get hung up on of, have I done enough or what am I or not allowed to do? And back to Erica's point from uh, some time ago about doing things in that Sabbath mode that helps us to function, including doing laundry or things like that. Um, yeah, that, that can be helpful because it allows us to function and be human again. Um, and that for each of us, we're going to go through different seasons of life, sometimes when things are predictable and sometimes when things are in chaos, but we continue to have that need for the rhythm of work and then rest and expending ourselves and then being recharged that for each of us, not just as religious professionals, but hopefully for everybody who's listening in our conversation as well, that rhythm is important to keep. What the particulars are, are going to be different from knitting groups to romantic comedies to construction projects and gardening uh to just sitting and resting um but that the rhythm is is uh, an essential part of of how we human and we do indeed we human we do we humans we human <laughs> Well, then uh, we do invite you for new adventures, new series and new conversations coming up next time. Join us then here on Crazy Faith Talk. See y'all. Bye.